We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. I am Matt Wright, and together you and I are going to be traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Um, it's been a while since I've done an interview. Uh, that, I think the last time I did interviews was back on Writer's Block. Um, and uh, I have to say, for the first time that I've, for the first interview back, since uh since i kind of started doing everything uh in this new format on my own and whatnot and so forth um this this one is one to come back on um tyler morrison is a stand-up comedian from canada uh he lives about two hours north of toronto uh he is just brutally savage in every stand-up bit that i have seen him in um he is the co-owner of Cottage Comedy. Uh, he has the special out on YouTube called Too Soon. Uh, and he has two podcasts, one called Fight Stories uh, and another one called Roast Em All. Uh, and you can find all of these things online. You should definitely check them out. But before we get to the interview, we need to pay some bills. So... This episode is brought to you by Mudwater. This episode is brought to you by Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee alternative as well as the most aptly named sponsor for this show ever with one-seventh of the caffeine as a regular cup of coffee. It's made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And I know what you're thinking, Matt, you are somebody who loves caffeine why would you be hawking for a company that is advertising less caffeine? And that's because it worked. It's true. I love caffeine. I used to drink two energy drinks a day, and now I might have one a week. All thanks to Mudwater. If you or someone you love might want to make the switch to Mudwater, all you have to do is head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com mud to make the switch today. So sit back, enjoy, uh, enjoy this conversation that I have with Tyler, and um, go follow him on all the socials. If you stick around to the end, you can uh, find out where all of his socials are. Talk to you soon. So thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate you being here. Um, you are the founder of Cottage Comedy. Yep. Yeah, you're the founder of Cottage Comedy. You are the co-host of the podcast Fight Stories. Um, which I checked out the one with Shane Gillis. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. Love that. And right now you currently have a special on YouTube called Too Soon, which is currently available. Uh, and it is wonderful. Um, and you've got another Thanks. one coming out soon, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's just in post-production. We've been uh, doing a little bit of extra work to just tidy things up, but it's it's going to be pretty sweet when it comes out. I'm pretty happy with, with yeah, how that yeah. turned out. I, I'm personally excited. So I found out about you on accident. Instagram targeted me 
and they said, you, you have to know who this person is. <laughs> and um, they sent me the one and I won't, I'm definitely not going to like spoil your joke. Um, but they sent me the one and I think the cover said something like uh, Tyler's most offensive joke in 30 seconds. Oh yeah. Most offensive joke in 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And um, yeah. And I, and I saw that joke and I died laughing and I immediately went down the rabbit hole of like everything that you have on the internet. Um, and personally, my, my two favorite jokes are either uh, the, just so I can stroke your ego a little bit. My two favorite jokes are either the, um, there, there should be expecting mothers joke at abortion clinics. Oh yeah, yeah. Or uh, instead of on milk cartons, they should put missing kids on beer cans. Oh, that's so. It's interesting that you bring that one up because that was one that um, when, uh, like, I, I mean, I put it out. I, I thought it was funny, but it, you know, it never got like a lot of traction or anything online. But I was just checking my Spotify stats for the album for the the album version of Too Soon, and uh, at the end, like, like at the end of the year, that was the most streamed track out of the whole think that people must have yeah. connected no, that with one, that one that one i i, I like when i first time i heard that one i was like this is a very like this is a well-crafted joke it's got a good amount of, like it's got it's got some dad joke in there it's the right amount of offensive like it's got everything in that in that joke i, I love the way that you did that one um, well it's a solution it's a solution it, but it it's a ridiculous <laughs> solution and, and for the people that haven't heard it basically my concept is that i think um, there's too many missing kids and uh, what we should do instead of putting missing kids pictures on milk cartons is we should start putting them on beer bottles because there'll be way more people looking for these kids <laughs> and uh, they'll be having oh. a good time doing it so, yeah. it, 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 so anyway it's a whole thing on Got that it. originally though because I, I'm from Canada right so I'm from uh, I was born in Toronto uh, but I grew up north of Toronto so two hours north um, if you've ever seen, you know, small town Canadian shows like Letterkenny or Trailer Park Boys, <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say yeah, I think uh, everybody that watches my show is a Letterkenny fan. They, I think they would have to be at this point. Um, yeah, absolutely. So like, I know the like I know guys on that show. Like I'm friends with with guys on that <laughs> show, and and I, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely you know, you grow up in a small town in canada it certainly hits that way right um so anyway yeah the uh the that bit though was originally um that was originally in canada because in canada we don't drink milk in cartons so like like there's milk it, it comes in bags in canada which is just kind of ridiculous like you get a bag of milk okay and you cut the corner of it and it goes in like a jug and and you pour it and it comes out the, the little milk hole <laughs> so i was just saying like <laughs> In America, like they have, you know, pictures of missing kids on milk cartons, but the, we obviously do not give a shit <laughs> about our missing kids because we drink our milk and bags. Right. <laughs> so the, the bags clears like the ghost of that dead kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like we, I don't. The joke of the uh, milk milk carton thing, I've never seen a picture of a missing kid on a milk carton ever in my life. Yeah, it used to be a thing, and then it yeah. it uh, it disappeared. 
right <laughs> like the kids uh yep exactly so, <laughs> so like i have like i knew you were from i knew you were in canada because i've watched all of your stuff um and you tell a lot of jokes in toronto i, I assume you're a blue jays fan because uh, i see you wear the hat pretty often they um, break my heart <laughs> you know i'm a like red sox black heart I'm a Red Sox fan, so I understand that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but so I, I have, like, I've got to ask, what, what, what is wrong with your prime minister? I mean, this is a guy whose dad was the prime minister right. of Canada uh, in the 70s and, you know, came up in a very liberal household. I mean, his mom was out partying with the Rolling Stones. It was like a public scandal. I was actually just performing last night at a venue in Toronto called the Alma Combo, which is a legendary venue in Toronto where the Stones were playing. I'm pretty sure it was the weekend where they passed around Trudeau's mom. <laughs> what was and, that? Uh, so, so was that before or after uh, she went and visited Castro? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like it might be before... But I mean, it's pretty public, you know, all the stuff that uh, was going on was like, it was a controversy when the Stones played in Canada right. uh, and and were partying with her. Um, they busted Keith, I think it was on heroin, and, and then they made it so he, you know, they detained him in, in Canada, and he the, eventually they had to play a charity benefit show uh, as a, you know, as a mea culpa to, to let him leave the country that's and that was all from trudeau's dad uh that was like you know putting the screws to him so it, it was a very public controversy you can google it and look it up it's uh it's pretty wild <laughs> so man i okay so i don't like name dropping on the show very much but i will on this one because the saxophone name player drop for the, all the time no i get it um the saxophone player for the Rolling Stones from like 1968 until he passed in nine, uh, 2014 or something like that was a man named Bobby Keys. And okay. I was good friends with his son. Oh, cool. So I met Bobby many times and he would brag that he, because Keith Richards was his best friend. Yeah. And he would brag that he and Keith Richards had been, had been arrested on six of the continents that's so cool together and i wonder <laughs> if he was arrested in canada canada yeah you should look that up i think that that would be really interesting for you especially having no oh, no absolutely no if he's part of that um yeah it's so it's so wild uh to think so he came up in this in this life of privilege but he came up with when he was growing up his mom was very much um from my understanding you know out looking to do her own thing i don't know how how close of a relationship it was early on. Um, I think they're much closer now, but right. um, you know, I don't think he had a normal childhood. Let's just say that. That's, and uh, That's fair. You know, and a lot of white kids grow up wanting to be black and uh, <laughs> he just acted on it. And because he comes from a place where, you know, you're allowed to be anything you want to be. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. And now we, <laughs> live in a time where you can be anything you want to be and except he, that you know he wanted to be black because it so and he and he wanted to be brown he, he dabbled he he kind of went <laughs> he, it was a slow transition it was like when michael jackson is the opposite michael jackson right he, he went the he went the opposite way with it so 
but they're yeah, both that... child molesters no i'm just kidding right oh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say that i didn't say i was just fucking around i mean <laughs> i don't know why trudeau's wife left but nothing would surprise me um i'm yeah, you. Yeah, who knows what's going on? What's going on there? I mean, I don't want to speculate, but uh, I'm right. sure there's a lot of uh, happy guys right now that uh, you know someone's going to be smoking a Cuban tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um. Who? Uh, yeah. So, like, with all the stuff going, like, and I to to be a hundred percent honest, watching watching your stand up, I have no idea where you align politically. I have zero idea where you align politically, and that's totally fine. Um, I don't align any. I don't align politically with anything. I just make up my own mind on issues as they come, and you know, like I'm not right about most of the shit. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, you know? that's kind of so. That's how look I at, feel. Like, look at my gambling track record. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's, but really, that's, it's just it's yeah. I don't I don't play. Sorry, I don't play you know, partisan politics where you got to be on this team or that team. If Justin Trudeau makes a good decision, that's good for our country. And it's good for me. Usually it's just, I give a fuck if it's good for me. I'm just, right. you know, a lot of people don't want to admit that that's why they, you know, they vote one way or another, but really if someone may, if he makes a good decision that benefits me, I'm like, fuck yeah. But if he makes one that I, that doesn't, I'm like, you know, fuck this guy. That's just like, that's how, how we all really are. But right. it's so magnified in America with these this two party system where it's you know you got to be on this team or that team and it's just like the sport politics is treated like sports and and you got to pick a team but it's played out like theater and it's really right. dramatic down there and <laughs> up here really it's dramatic. gotten more like it's we're very influenced by the American media and I think there is like this um, thing that Canadians have where you know they shit on Americans but they they secretly would love to be you know at least um have some of what america has there's there's i mean america's a, i think america's a great country it's just lost its way and it's very magnified now because of you know there's a, a camera on every street corner on every cops you know vest on every dash cam and everyone's watching it online we're just seeing the most fucked up shit is just you know it's right, slow so motion like, so to that point, like, I don't know if America has lost its way or America has always been this way, but now we actually have an opportunity to see it because there is a camera in everybody's hand and that's filming it. everything. Um, so yeah, we might and that's be the, the same country we've always been, but we don't have the image that, that it's, that's, there's all, so that's many more there. people. There's so, the population is so much bigger in, in America than it is in Canada too. So you're seeing, you know, we, we have some of the similar problems but it's not as amplified because there's fewer people right um now the gun thing obviously is is a little wild down there and america really is the only country with a with that type of gun problem that is you know that's that's that flagrant um <laughs> like we don't have that type of um mass shooting situation here yet right um, well, yeah. the, the, the the culture doesn't revolve around guns only in certain neighborhoods. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and you know, like I, 
you know, I'm a person who believes that I should be able to own whatever weapon I want to own. Like there should be zero limitations. That's, that's just who I am. Um, and I also know that I would never use those weapons against anybody else in any way other than defensively. But, uh, you know, if somebody like, I don't feel that if my next door neighbor here doesn't think that he should own any weapons, I think that's on him. If you don't want to own any, that's on you. And if you're like, Hey, can I have your help protecting? I'd be, I'd absolutely help him. But, yeah. Like I grew up, I grew up in a uh, family was like a hunting family. We're blue collar, you know, there, there were winters where it was, where it was lean, like, you know, hunting meat fed the family for the winter. So like, I grew up around that. I, I respect, um, you know, utilizing guns for what they really should be intended for and not, and not uh, violence or hurting people. But uh, at the same end, you know, bad people are always going to get guns. And so you should be allowed to have a gun to defend yourself. Like, why the fuck would you, you know, want to be unarmed? If you're living in a place where there's significantly higher gun situations, there's a, a bigger probability that you might face a situation than, yeah, but I think people should have to be trained. Uh, how do, you know, they should be trained on the firearm safety. They should have to pass some sort of mental wellness test in a, like, over a certain period of time it's it should be regulated like that i don't think you know it should be as loose um but i do think it should be your right to fucking you know to have those and no and i i just don't look at them as like a, a thing like i don't look at i look at it a little bit differently because we just don't have there's just not right. that volume of guns here no and like i get i, I, I get that and it makes sense and like my so my my only issue like you know i don't think that we should have to like i think everybody should train on whatever weapon that they have uh i don't think but i don't think that there is a way that you can like enforce that properly but also like i don't think that there should be a test a ment uh, a mental faculty test that you should take in order to in order should be to be allowed to get fucking wild with them <laughs> so but, so my so my issue like with uh with like a mental faculty test to own a weapon is what if the person just doesn't like you that's taking the test or what if the person especially being in the polarized political nature that we are yeah. they're like okay are you a republican and the person's like well yeah that's why i want to buy these you know 14 guns and they're like oh yeah. Well, I don't think Republicans are mentally capable of owning guns, and then they just don't. What allow if? You. What if it's an AI thing? What if? What? If, <laughs> or that? What if? What if it's an AI thing that uh, that solves it? I don't know, man. Like I, right. and I, I think it's uh, it's a wild situation that that you guys have down there that that, that these things keep happening, and it's it's scary to think. But it, but I mean, you did come up that we are finding our own solution for figuring out how to solve the gun issue here and that's we keep making obese obese children and eventually oh, yeah. <laughs> their fingers won't fit through the trigger oh, hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> i laughed very hard when i heard that uh but so like obviously like with we obviously have massive differences in you know depending on where you live, where I live, I'm in Florida. I can own basically whatever I want as far as weapons. Um, oh yeah. My brother lives I, in Florida. He's doing oh yeah. That. Nice. Um, and you guys, I understand, I know that Trudeau recently passed. You can't have any pistols unless you've already been grandfathered in. And there's like some hunting, like 
ways that you can get kind of get around some of the issues. Um, but one of the big ones that I've seen, and I don't know how this has affected you, but Mike, like Mike Ward, it, he's been, he's a massive com- Canadian comedian. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's massive anyway. I know who he is. Yeah, Mike Ward's a very big ca- comic uh, in Canada. And like, he's got a, a fan base in English, but also a very large French. French fan base. He does comedy bilingual. The guy's super talented and wicked funny. Yeah, wicked funny. He's he's a very funny individual. Um, but so he got in trouble recently. I, this was a few years ago now that I think all of it. It was a while. Settled. It was a little while ago. Like I, it's gone on longer than than what people may realize. Like time just goes so fast. But yeah, right. yeah. yeah so, so Mike the, Ward, uh, you'll go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the entire situation. I know, like got wrapped up in like just under a decade. It was like nine years from like he, him telling the joke to the Supreme Court ruling. Yes. So for people that aren't aware of the Mike Ward situation, so in Quebec, Mike Ward, um, I think it was, it would have been Montreal probably, but he did a joke about a uh, kid named Le Petit Jeremy, the little Jeremy, I guess. I was, I was wondering why, like it always had, yeah, it always said Le Petit in front of his name, and I was like, is that some French thing, like Little Mister? Like I, I okay, Petit means little, right? So Le is the, so yeah, the little Jeremy, but it really means little Jeremy. If you were to translate that to English, it's little Jeremy. Okay, um, so he had a facial disfiguration. It was like some sort of disease that like made his face a little bit wonky and Mike Ward did a bit about how, so actually this is just to set it up a little bit further. So he was a, a singer. He, he, he would sing um, and, and his parents got him singing for, I believe he sang for the Pope and I believe he sang for uh, maybe Celine Dion, like some big people. Um, I'd have to double check, but like he, he got popular because he, he sang in front of these big uh, figures, and uh, and he became a public figure by doing that. That's how he got into the pop culture lexicon. That's why Mike Ward would even be bringing his name up, and everyone would understand in in the audience who he's talking about in that region, um, in that city, and so he and in the province of Quebec, obviously. So he, he was pretty popular, and so Ward did a joke about how he donated money to. Um, Le Petit Jeremy's cause and then the kid's still alive and like Mike Ward is like I feel ripped off like turns right. out the kid is just ugly like that was sort of the the joke I guess it was just like that Mike felt cheated that he donated to this disease which is so hyper like it's it's hyper hyperbole and uh <laughs> and it was taken seriously so the I guess the the kid and the parents made a claim that he was being bullied in school because of the joke. The joke the went joke. out, I guess, viral in that area, you know, to to and, and people saw it and and they they claimed that he was being bullied because of the joke and this and that, which I kind of find I don't believe that. Like if you have that sort of facial disfigurement, you're probably and kids are pricks. <laughs> yeah, you're not you know, getting bullied because it's of unfortunate. a joke. Yeah, I don't think these kids are watching Mike Ward and like bringing it i don't know i just don't feel like that i don't know maybe i'm wrong this is just what i'm my 
right uh, take on it. But I, I, I don't know. It felt disingenuous. It felt like they're trying to get some money. And so what happens is in Canada, they took it to this thing called a human rights tribunal. So a human rights tribunal is this kangaroo fucking court. It's absolute horseshit. And where they sue him uh, saying that he, you know, under the Human Rights Act, that he's that he's damaged this kid beyond belief um, because of his words. And so it goes to this trial and it goes back and forth. And I it was, you know, I think he overturned it like Mike ended up winning in the end, but it took so long. And it's very scary in this country that we have this um, loophole for fucking pussies and shysters who want to, you know, take things like comedy and spin them into anything that they, other than what it is, right. To take that out of context and make it a literal thing. It's, I think it's absolutely sacrilege to do that. Um, Is comedy dirty? Yes. Is it dark? Can it be mean? Yes. There's always a victim in every joke, but, but ultimately um, humor is born from a reaction to what's happening in the world. And right. And sometimes when you're punching down, sometimes it's not, it's not the, the victim of the joke that is the um, actual like brunt of the joke or butt of the joke. It's, it's you. Like, it's like your boorish character. Like if I'm picking on a kid who has a facial disfiguration, I'm almost amplifying my shittiness in a sense. Like, so like I'm making fun of my own shittiness because we all have that shittiness inside of us. Right. And we just kind of, we all try and disguise it. We don't want it to be noticed. So when Louis CK, this is why Louis CK, I swear to God, other than there was, you know, he did really well with connecting uh, with his kid stuff, but it was the shittiness inside that everyone fucking bottles up that, that they think he started saying that out loud. He'd say things that are like, that's an inner thought, like a bad thought that you have that you would never let other people say. Well, Louis would say it. And Louis that's would say how and people yeah, connect. Like, like, yeah, I fucking feel that way too. Like, right. Yeah. There have been and, a lot of, there have been a lot of Louis jokes that um, he, he's got one where he's talking about, <laughs> like, you know, he's got his two daughters. It was back when he was still married and he had a special yeah. out back then. And he, he was talking about how, uh, how embarrassed he was to, God, I hope my mom doesn't watch this episode. Uh, but how embarrassed he was when he was like, I have to go down to the basement to, to masturbate. And then like, there's never been a roller coaster of a high, like masturbating. You're like, yes, this feels amazing. And then the moment you finish, it's just like, what is wrong with me? I'm down here in the basement, like a troll. And like, he, he would tell jokes that people could connect with. I mean, like, I've had that stuff thought. that we're hiding, right? So there, there's there's these feelings and thoughts that we like automatically we have them, but we suppress them right away because we do not want anyone to fucking know that we think that or feel that. And it's just like, oh, that was bad. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have thought that. Right. But he's like, oh, people. He tapped into, oh, people think this because I think this too. I'm not just the only fucked up one. And he starts rolling the dice, saying that stuff. Well, what my, but he ends up like painting a picture of him being a piece of shit. And that's, what's funny. So right. Mike Ward, what he was doing by punching down on uh petite Jeremy, he was painting a picture of like his own, like shitty shittiness. Right. And so, and so ultimately who are you like, 
if you're watching that, you're laughing, but you're not laughing that Petit Jeremy's got a facial, you know, disfigurement. You're laughing because Mike Ward's such a piece of shit that he would say that. It's then, shocking. It's surprising. You don't expect it. And it makes us laugh because it's like, oh, we're all pieces of shit together. None of us are perfect. And I think that that's what gets lost when people come after comedians for bad jokes. And or not even bad jokes, but like jokes that someone might deem bad or offensive. I, I think, right. you know, and it is, like, it's, a, it's interpreted on your own whether so a like, joke's good or bad. Right. And but when Mike, but when Mike Ward makes a joke like that and, you know, saying, you know, the only reason he sang for the Le, Le Petit Jeremy sang for the Pope is because he is because he was dying or how, however he phrased the joke, which I will never be able to hear because I don't speak French. Um and I think he only did it in that one special. Um, but like when the family comes after him, then I feel like that almost brings like that almost like uh, brings more attention to Petit Jeremy having the fucked up face. And, That's right. That's right. It made it, more... I think it made it worse. It, how do you grow up with like with that on your fucking jacket? You know what I mean? Like that, that's like a, they put a, they made it worse for sure. Right. I think they made it worse, and and that kid's gonna have to 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 live with that now because he's he's etched in stone, and and people who would never go against a kid like that probably were against him and his family because they thought it was a cash grab. I don't know. I it's it just seemed like it was ludicrous to me, and the fact that this country allows that fucking shit to go on. We're lucky that Mike Ward was the guy that they chose because in you know these ambulance chasers that go after that type of thing right i mean mike ward had the money to fight it he's a very successful comic he makes he does well and and most comedians don't make as much money um as you know as a guy like that who's a top tier headliner and if it, it happened in in vancouver before mike ward years back there was a guy a comedian guy earl who did a he was doing stand-up and he got into an altercation um with a lesbian couple and there was like they were heckling and disrupting the show and then um w one of them i think broke his sunglasses gla there was there was water uh, like a, someone got water thrown on their face and someone got their sunglasses broken but someone also got called a dyke and the so that ends up in a human rights tribunal but it was, but it was on the the. I think it was on the mic when when there was like these words exchanged. So it was in the context of a comedy show. It may have been a little bit closer to a Michael Richards um, situation right. where the comedian lost a little bit more control of the room, whereas Ward's doing his set and he's killing. So comedians who would back up a guy like Mike even though it's like the same thing, technically what happened in, in that room, like it was a, not a, the comedian's not as strong or as respected. Um, those type, those type of things um, play a factor in the court of public opinion with the comedians who, you know, so there's comedians who like didn't side with guy Earl. Cause they're like, Oh, he's not, not even a good comedian. Well, that's not the point of this. The point is that like anyone can fucking do this to us. And it's not good. Guy Earl lost his livelihood and he 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 couldn't like he I think he couldn't get a job, a regular job for a long time. It was really tough on him and his family. 
and he didn't have the means to fight it the way that Mike did. So this could happen to anyone, and it's not really a good situation. Ward winning his case is a very good thing That's for a good thing. Yeah, Canadian yeah, comedy and free speech because it sets a precedent uh, in a good way. But but yeah, this has happened before, and it's I, I hope to God it never happens again because it's not right. And you know we should treat Canada doesn't um, the country like the government doesn't recognized comedy as a, an art form and it should be recognized as an art form the respect that this is you know one of the oldest art forms and and it's very important you know canada likes to brag about all of our um you know great canadian comedians that moved away from here to go to the u.s and get famous and you know well we could have fucking made them famous here too but you know there's not a lot of <laughs> great homegrown the, support the, the greatest comedian of all time is from canada the greatest yeah, Tyler fucking Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get second. Yeah. Norm Macdonald? Yes. <laughs> Norm Macdonald? Norm Macdonald. The fucking man. Yeah. Okay, He's I got to show you this. Check check this out. All right. I got I got to pull this up. Since we're talking Norm. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So I just, I got this. It's an autographed norm mcdonald la dodgers uh celebrity game bat i picked this oh, up for the studio so i'm gonna get it uh put in a little case on the wall yeah norm mcdonald norm mcdonald one of the greatest of all time man he, he if is, not me yeah in my opinion he, he is the greatest of all time i like you know i love carlin I, I love Pryor. I love Carlin. Um, but Norm Macdonald will always be the greatest because he was the one that got me into watching stand-up. When I was watching like Comedy Central as a kid, I saw a joke by Norm oh, Macdonald cool. and I said, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. The one thing that, that I don't, that you don't hear, I don't know, I, I've heard, um, I've had conversations with with friends. Like a lot, of, a lot of us love Norm. I never met him personally, but what, in addition to his stand-up, which was very funny, his stand-up was awesome. Um, but like he, he maybe wasn't my favorite stand-up, but overall, he was great at everything. So he was a great stand-up comedian, and you could argue that he was in that top five all-time, top ten all-time, you know, whatever. Like that's interchangeable for anyone's personal taste. Right. But there's no denying he's in that conversation. Um, Saturday Night Live. One of the best weekend update guys. The, the, the best. best. The best him, weekend He was the best. Dennis Miller was really Dennis, good. But Norm, Dennis Miller's my number two. Yeah, me, me too. Norm and Dennis Miller. And uh, like, so he's the best weekend update guy. He's the best talk show panelist. I mean, him and Rodney. Anytime he, like, yeah. Anytime he was on Conan, lights out. The way that he would he's make. He's in that. He's yeah. in that conversation. Yeah. The way that he would make. And then look um, at the movie. Letterman. The, 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 yeah. the way oh, yeah. the way he made Letterman dirt, laugh. dirty work D- dirty work is dirty work is an underrated classic 
It's a masterpiece. So many, it it's is a, a masterpiece. It's a comic masterpiece. And it's so low budget. It's, and it's so funny. That it just shows that you don't need this crazy huge budget to no. make a great and, like just hilarious. I think Artie Lang is like the only person from that movie still alive. Which is crazy. Like that he's he's the one. <laughs> that he's the one. Yeah. Bob Saget, not there anymore. Because he directed because Bob Saget directed it. Um Norm McDonald passed away, as we all know, from cancer. Uh Chris Farley passed away a while ago from being yep. Chris Farley. Um, also Canadian. Um there's a couple people still alive from that. Like Rickles did pass away, he was in it. Yeah. Um Who was the uh, dad? Chris- Oh, Jack Warden. Yeah, Jack, Jack Warden. Yeah. He's from, you know, the grandpa from Problem Child, Big Ben. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. He, he, I think he's passed away too. Um, Lori Metcalf, no, Lori Metcalf wasn't in that. She was in Beer League. Sorry. The, yeah. um, it was uh, Christopher McDonald still alive. That's right. Yeah. Chris McDonald. The bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> God, that movie's so good. I watched Sandler's that movie not long ago. Sandler made a cameo. He was he, he was the devil in that. Uh, right. It's just such a great movie, man. Everything about that movie. Yeah, so he, he did everything he did. He at least did one thing just like great. You know what I mean? Right. And even and his so that's TV like, shows. That's they're good. Yeah, they're good. And and the podcast we're forgetting like the, his podcast is one of the best of all time. It is. It's it's, it's great. So the, and the. Yeah. Who is his partner's name on the podcast? I always forget that guy's name. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, the guy he Adam Egret. Yeah, Adam, Adam Egret. Yeah. Uh, when Adam Egret, I almost as a joke today was going to uh, start this off with. So I've always wondered where do you get your ideas? Because he would ask that question to every famous person. I was like. I'm certain he's in, I don't know how big of a Norm McDonald Tyler is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I might start. not have picked that up, but I. Okay. I, I am. I, I have watched a lot of the yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Adam would ask that question to everybody, and then they would be like, "What? What kind of stupid question is that?" But you could just continually do it, and it was hilarious. Um, yeah. So, but going going back to like the free speech thing, like, mm-hmm. and. It, it it is awesome that Mike won his that Mike did win his award or win his case and you were featured on a CT I'm gonna try to say this correctly CTV W five investigation is that the yeah that's of- right yeah yeah okay and the way that I watched it it kind of looks like it was like a Dateline 2020 or something it's like that it's usually okay, cool. it's they do this investigative journalism on a lot of topics. And so when they asked me to be on it, I was like, "Oh, is this a sting?" Right. They set me up, and and I had no idea. And I was, but I I'm not afraid of that. Like I'm like, okay, whatever. If, I stand by what I say out there, and if yeah. I say something, if I say something wrong, and I know I'm wrong, I don't have a problem apologizing for being a fucking idiot. But if if I'm trying to be funny, I'm not going to apologize. So. <laughs> Good. But but I'll say this: Nor when, yeah, you. I didn't know what to expect. They came into my home and interviewed me, and you know, with my kids, and I I, I gave them full access, got it set up so they could come down and record um, at the comedy club when I was headlining, and you know, they can rip jokes out of context and do whatever they want. So I gave them a lot of access to my world and and put trust in them to to do right by me, and I, I think that they they absolutely did, and. And they're pretty fair. And uh, it's kind of hard when, you know, myself and 
Russell Peters, who's also featured, and Mark Breslin, who's the founder of uh, uh, the biggest comedy club chain in Canada, Yuck Yucks. We're all kind of on. We're all on the same side here, like with right. with how we feel about comedy. It should be no holds barred, and that's the space. This is the one space where you should be allowed to say fucked up things, and uh, and, and that's uh, why we go there. And uh, what the 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 owner of the comedy club, Breslin? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate what he said. He goes, I would, anybody that comes in here, I'm never going to censor what they say. I'm never going to censor what they say, but I do believe that if he, if the comedian says something that offends the audience, it is the audience duty to walk out. And I went, I agree with that 100%. Like if, if I'm at a show and somebody says something that offends me so badly, I'm not going to like make a stink about it. I'm not going to be like, I'm not gonna be like fuck you, man. Give me my money. Like, no, I paid for a show. You can't it change wasn't the what... channel, right? Just leave. So I'm gonna leave. I feel and I feel the same way on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. If I see something I don't like, I don't have to fight with the people who are doing it. I can. I literally just go, just scroll, and it's gone, and I don't ever think about it again. So I don't yeah. understand why people would why people would think, oh no, now I need to change what this person is saying as a comedian. But so with people like um, with what happened with Mike Ward, have you toned like you've had to tone down? I'm assuming what you say, no, no, fuck so, that. Hey, good for I you. I will never God, tone I down do. what I say. Like, did, I mean, you saw my special, right? That was right. after the Mike Ward shit. Like that was during the Mike Ward shit was still going on. I think so. Like too soon when I when I shot that. That was at Yucky X Comedy Club too. That was at Mark's. Okay. That's the first um, place I ever did stand up when I was 18 was at that club. So it was really cool to be able to shoot the special there. And, uh, you know, and now that I'm headlining it and, and that it was, it was pretty sweet to do that. But um, yeah, it was, no, I haven't toned down a fucking thing. I mean, so, what do they get? No, I mean, that's fair. So, but like w- the way that you kind of framed it in the uh, CTV interview or the W5, I'm not sure. CTV is yeah, W5. Yeah, CTV is the, the network. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just had a CTV W5 investigation. I was like, I have no idea what any of these numbers mean. Um, so in the W5 interview, you said that instead of just going out hard at the beginning, which you you're, you try to warm them up a little bit more. So Sometimes. Has it like, yeah, so like, has it made you change the way that you're like bringing the putting the joke out there um, i feel, feel like I, do you feel it out at the at the time i feel the energy in the room before i go on i usually know what the temperature is based on the crowd based on like just i get a vibe if it's a whole bunch of grandmas you know i do the what i call the shawl count if i see more than five women wearing shawls i know i'm fucked right I'm behind <laughs> enemy lines and uh, we got to work this a little bit different. But I, the thing is this, like, it's, it's not, I don't, it's not that, it's not that I, I never pander to an audience, but I do want to win. I do want to kill as hard as I can right. for every crowd that I'm in. And I understand that I'm not a famous comedian. I'm not necessarily a household name yeah. uh, yet, hopefully one day, but yes. But so a lot of people, when they come to, to a comedy club, they don't know what to expect. They don't know who, they're going to see a lot of people are morons and don't, you know, go on YouTube and at least check out who's headlining. Right. So if I'm on the show, it's my show. There's going to be people there that want to see, 
the type of comedy that I'm known for. But then there's people that don't know who the fuck I am. <clears throat> and I do want to win with the whole crowd. So, like, most of the time, they don't know who the fuck I am. So I do have to, like, you know, find a little bit of common ground at the start and get them to trust me. And then I just take them as far as we can go. That's sort of it. Sometimes, though, it's like, yeah, you come out and do the the most ruthless joke you can right off the bat and see where they are. Like sometimes you come out throwing the high heat, but it's just, it's really just a case by case scenario. If it's billed as like a dark and dirty show and properly advertised, I have no problem coming in and just getting out the machete. Um, yeah. Or if I don't like the fucking crowd, if they've been a bunch of little dipshits to the other comedians on the show, like we're going for fucking blood right out of the gate. Like that's just, but but yeah, it is a case by case. I mean, you know, you want to, I want to make fans, uh, uh, you know, walking people out the door is, it happens. Like when when I shot too soon, that was a little different because <clears throat> that was my special that I was taping. So I'm not just doing it for the audience in the room. I'm doing it for a global audience now. Right. So I have to do what I want to put out to the world, not just this one room. And if they don't fucking like it too bad for them in the room because this is going out everywhere and as i've seen from the response that two soon's got i did i made the right call but it was kind of crazy recording that because i had done all that material on the road or most of it like a, a lot of it some of it i when i do a special i do, do some stuff for the first time ever so it's just like first time hitting the stage fresh so it feels a little bit like more wild to do it just there's a little bit of an extra edge that you play with when you do that but when i was doing the other stuff on the road working it out and stuff i had i was able to use my a game that i've built over the years to kind of cushion that material right and then when it came the week of the show i did that material that was on too soon all together for the first time ever with none of the old stuff propping up any of that shit and so the first night, like Wednesday night at Yuck Yucks, was an absolute bloodbath. Thursday night, absolute bloodbath. Like it's causing some some real reactions with the crowd. Like people are getting upset. Friday night, murdered. Friday night, I wish I was recording. It would have been like a clear-cut, nice kill set. Saturday is usually you get two shows to record. So that's when right. you want to record because you get two cracks at it. And it doesn't, you know cost you it's not a shoestring so we go okay saturday's the night to record obviously well we get this fucking crowd or who are there's a bunch of stiffs in that crowd and they're getting upset at the material and they're you know vocalizing it. you can hear people getting upset you, you during the it. fucking recording i walked <laughs> over 25 people at the show like they're leaving they're heading for the exits trying to get their money back like the dude in the wheelchair they had to carry a guy in a wheelchair out oh Just shit the basement so the the dude yeah, in the, the wheelchair, wheelchair got... he left oh yeah he was mad uh, he was upset and so there's like a whole bunch of shit going on and then my fans that were there to see me are getting into it with the fans they're getting upset or the people that hate me and then my fans are getting kicked out because they're too drunk at one moment there was this guy that should have got kicked out we didn't put it in the special because it really was an exchange that kind of went nowhere. It just didn't like fit. It, it, it was like absolutely the wheels were coming off the show. And he interrupted a bit that I really wanted on the special. 
So we took the bit from the late show and we didn't use a lot from the, from the late show. We used mostly show one where okay. all the crazy shit was going on, but we took that one and put it there. Cause it just made the, it was just better for the product. But this guy gets into it with me. And at that point, there's so many people either getting kicked out or walking out and trying to get their money back that all the staff and doorman and like security, like there's no one this guy should have just got thrown out, but no one could deal with it. So like I'm handling this old, this old man standing up, like screaming at me. <laughs> Which man. And at the, and I- at the end of this, at the end of the special, and, and this, I mean, this is a spoiler alert, but it's been out for a little while. So fuck it. But at the right. end, when I'm walking off stage, if you really pay attention, you can see him start talking shit to me as I'm walking off and I blow him a kiss like I just look at him and go, like a bad guy wrestler move, and in my head I go, oh, this is gonna ignite this old fuck. This is gonna ruin his night, like because he's he hates me so much. So I just blow him a kiss and keep walking off the stage. I go right up to the green room, like you're not gonna even like get get to me, <laughs> like a true villain. <laughs> and he, um, and so he, I I knew that I was gonna fuck with him, but. When I did that, I didn't see it, but my camera guy, um, he caught it when he was editing the special. He goes, oh, my God, when you blew that guy the kiss at the end, the old man, he flips you off. Yeah. I, so I was like, like you he, check he, this out. So, at, like, I blow him the kiss, and you just see him just give me the finger. So I go zoom in on that slow motion and on a freeze frame of him with the middle finger up. That's how we're ending the special. And it That's turned out, no, like it's perfect. one of the, for me, it's the most punk rock fucking comedy right. uh, moment that I could have had on that special. And, uh, and it was really funny and it really captured the feeling of the night <laughs> and the, and the act. So that old man wanted to fight me after the show and like, he's trying to like, over trying some to get jokes. To me. I wasn't and- around. And nothing, so nothing in that special. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because I, I loved it. I thought I'd it was pump great. an old man too. I'd fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> nothing in that special. I could see why that would have upset like that. Like, and I, I suffer from, I suffer from something that a lot of people don't suffer from anymore. But like, it's hard to offend me. It's Down almost syndrome. Hot. <laughs> I'm not Shane Gillis, um, <laughs> but I. <laughs> Like, I don't get offended by much. Like, it, it is hard to offend me. And if I'm at a show and somebody's saying something, like, it's not going to offend me. I may not find it funny, but I'm not going to find it offensive. And I'm definitely not going to want to, like, punch the comedian or fight the comedian. Like, I've seen yeah. terrible Well, this, this old guy, his situation was a little bit different in the sense that he didn't he... speak English very well. Okay. He was, he was, English is a second language. He's an older gentleman. He would have been in his, like, I'd say he was probably like 73, 74. Like he was an older was, guy. Was French, was French his first language? No, I don't think it was French. I think, I don't know. I don't, maybe Greek, whatever it was, he was, um, I think he felt that he to, he needed to be protective of the women that were with them and they're hearing all this filth. And really he doesn't understand any of the shit that I'm saying, except for the swear words, except right. for the cuss words. And so he's just hearing me say fuck a whole bunch of times. And I can't believe this. So like in our exchange, I'm like, buddy, you don't even speak English. In what language would this even be funny to you? (laughs) But so 
he was the one that was taking the most offense and and I, you know that made the crowd fucking tense up because they're getting a right because little... anytime that the comedian's about to fight an old guy the crowd's gonna get that <laughs> they're gonna feel Buddy, that if i could if i could have legally got away with football kicking him in the fucking head <laughs> while i was on stage i would have man because all I'm thinking, I'm paying for this fucking special to happen, and all this shit's going on around me, and this guy's fucking up my money. That's all I'm thinking the whole time. This guy's fucking up my money. He's going to cost me however many grand that I fucking dumped into it. And, uh, you know, just zero respect for the craft, <laughs> for a craftsman. <laughs> right. So... You do a lot of, you do, you do a ton of the roasts. Like you, you do a lot of roasts yep. and you do the, uh, like, uh, I guess they're the, the rap battles of stand up comics. Com, com, I don't know what y'all call them. Yeah. Uh, roast battle. Roast yeah, battles, I've been okay. on the roast battle Canada. So roast battle started at the comedy store in LA, but then they franchised it around, uh, I guess around the US and they're doing it in Canada, but the, there's a TV version of it in Canada Okay. Uh, on our on our version of comedy Comedy Central, which is you know the CTV Comedy Network or Comedy Channel, it's called now. So yeah, th that's uh, that's a, a thing that uh, I got so, brought into, which is is fun. So when you were like trying to decide, you know, what you want to do with your what you want to do with your life, was it like you were really good at making fun of your friends, and then you were like, okay, I'm just going to go up on stage and insult the audience, and then like, yeah, I always okay. wanted to be a comedian. I like I, I always wanted to be a writer, actually, co comedy writer. Okay. Um, from when I was a, like a kid, when I when I was in th third grade, pe my teacher started realizing that I had a fucked up sense of humor, and like that's coming home on the report cards. And my parents were pretty well aware of it, but it was I'm starting to get. But then I also had like a, a writing ability, and like I was writing novels by the time I was. In like I just and I could write it like handwrite, and it's way more advanced than these other kids, and so they knew I had like this writing gift, and uh, my internet connection is a little fucked up here. So yeah, I kind of lost you for a sec. Yeah, I lost you for a second. But yeah, uh, back. Yeah. yeah, you're back. Okay, so yeah, I had uh, they noticed I had a writing ability. So at one point. Um, like I started getting it, I started really getting into comedy and it was, um, after I heard Adam Sandler, what the hell happened to me? And you're going to, oh, they're all going to laugh at you. Those they're comedy albums, like there's so fucking great, man. Yeah. We were, we, we'd listen to these and we'd be laughing so hard. And, um, just when we were in like seventh grade, yeah. just little bastards laughing at the, the most horrible shit. And uh, it really fucking got me. Like I started making my doing my own sketches, and I love David Letterman, so I'd write my own top ten list about anything. Well. I just create them, and I just figured out I figured out the structure because I was a good writer, and I figured out like the the beats of of how to write a top ten list. And I wrote like hundreds of these, and I'd fucking tell them to my friends, and they'd be laughing. And then I started writing like insult jokes and shit about people, and I was I was getting in a lot of scraps when I was around like. Yeah, like 12, 13. I got into one year, or yeah, in about a, a year, I got about 20 fist fights. And then I'm like, it's going to be a lot easier if I can shut these fuckers down with jokes because I wasn't a big guy. I was doing all right, but I'm like, I don't want to fucking have to fight every right. one of these guys. So I can start like saying, you know, 
shit and shut people down and get people laughing on my side, then those guys kind of, they see that the audience is against them. That's how you destroy a heckler is the heckler, you know, calls out, you make the whole crowd laugh. They feel very small and alone in that situation. So I was doing that when I was in like grade seven, grade eight, just around. And then I got really good at it, you know, figuring out how to psychologically take someone apart. That's what, where it is. Um, when I do a roast, like I know the nerve to hit, I know I find the weak spot instantly and I'll find what I'll find whatever's the thing that that comic is insecure about. And I will expose the nerve. And I, if I want to, like, if I really want to fuck them up, I will. And it's, it, you, it yeah, usually you, happens. You had one, one of the rose battles that I saw. Um, <laughs> one of the rose, battles. I, I mean, I've seen a couple of them now, but one of them I saw, Oh God, I can't remember the girl's name, but it makes the joke. Uh, but you Crystal? said, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Crystal Ferrier. She's a hilarious comic in Canada. I love Crystal. Yeah, and you said Crystal is the only champagne that her boyfriend can afford but or something. I, I don't remember yeah, how you phrased it, but yeah, um, I was, I, it was, it was <laughs> fantastic crafted. Uh, Crystal, because Crystal's the only thing her husband, what's that? It was it was fantastically yeah, crafted. Yeah, Crystal's the only thing he, uh, her husband could afford to pop at the club for under a hundred dollars. That's it. Yep. <laughs> and I was just like that. That is wonderful. Um, I, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I like I've I've seriously become a huge fan of you. It's it's great to get the uh, the, the view, it. and it's it's great to get the viewpoint of somebody who's actually in Canada because I don't know Mike Ward. Uh, so I can't just like message him. Uh, this is the first time you and I are talking in person, but like we at least we're having a dialogue. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, it's good to get the, the viewpoint of somebody in Canada on what that's like and how it is. And it's good to hear that you are going the, you're going the route of, no, I'm not changing anything. And no, I'm not going to apologize. Now I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, I don't like this comedian. I don't find him funny. He's Dane Cook 2.0 in my opinion. Um, but Matt Reif, don't like him at all, but he made it some joke. I don't even know what the joke was and people found it offensive and they were calling for him. Uh, yeah, like, the, the wife being joke. Was it, I, I don't even know what the was joke the, was. The, I only yeah, know the what joke was about it was. Okay. Yeah. So the joke was about how they went to a diner and the the girl serving them or the hostess, I think is the hostess, had a black eye. And it clearly like you know where that came from type thing. And right. And she it was, was married the to joke a cow. was uh was she the, the joke was 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 uh you know, you really want to have that as the face of your opera operation, at least put her back in the kitchen. But then okay. uh Obviously, if she's got a black eye, she doesn't know how to cook. Right. And the, it's and so that was like, I thought it was a fucking like the that's, way and, and I'm just paraphrasing it. his bit. I thought I thought he nailed it. Like, I, I'm not a huge uh, Rife fan, but I haven't done a deep dive on him. Yeah. I don't hate the guy. He's doing his I, thing. He's 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 working hard just like anyone else. And yeah, he, you know he, what, he, he reminds me very bachelorette much of parties. He reminds he's me of sucking the bachelorette po- if he's sucking the bachelorette parties out of the comedy club so we don't have to deal with him, that guy's the fucking Pied Piper, and we should all fucking carry him out on our shoulders. Because who wants that fucking audience, man? Right. Like, it's a nightmare. <laughs> he's taking every single – and he knows it. 
He like it's not that. I mean, he kind of courted it, but I think he got what he what he asked for in a much larger way. And he's he, this is part of what he's doing is he's even said like he's he's trying to find the real comedy fans now, and he's sort of sort of weeding out the 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 people that are just there for the novelty. And right. so a joke like that and a response like that's going to weed out the phony fans, and, and yeah, the and rider his, dies are going to hang. And his re- yeah, and his response Smart. where people yeah where he said this is my apology video and it was a link to a, like the special ed helmet. I was like, man, that yeah. is. I was like, that is the best joke he has ever made, and it and it made it made me respect him a lot more. It's a double uh, down, and the, the guy's a real comic, and uh, yeah, I got nothing but. Re- respect for for a guy that's doing his thing and you know there's there's room for everyone in comedy and i think that yeah. that's what a lot of people forget i mean the, hannah gadsby not for me but hannah gadsby has a f- fucking huge fan base and got a huge platform and was allowed to to reach a, an audience that you know if this was the 80s that never would have happened that's true um so and, and not that it's my cup of tea but there's room for everyone and, and who are right. the big boys now who are the guys that are selling out arenas Andrew Schultz, um, soon to be Gillis. Like Gillis is going to be selling arenas soon. Gillis, uh, Nate Bergazzi, um, Bergazzi, and he's a, Bergazzi's a clean comic. So he's a clean he's comic. Not I even love in, he's not competing against those guys. There's room for everyone, and yeah. you know you can be a prop comic like Carrot Top and be making a fucking fortune in Las Vegas with your residency. There's room for you. People want to see it as long as you're you know doing your thing and you're not running your mouth. You You're opening for in. somebody soon, aren't you? You're opening um, for. Um, I don't think I have. I I opened for Schultz a little while back. Okay, I thought um, I read that it got pushed to 2024. I thought I read it got pushed to. No, 2024. no. What? What? My Ottawa dates got pushed. My my Ottawa Yuck Yucks Comedy Club dates. I was headlining there, but okay. because I was opening for Schultz. Uh, on the life tour, I, I just swapped out uh, with Tom gotcha. Green okay. came in and, and filled in for me in, in Ottawa. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm coming back Ottawa. I fucking love Ottawa, man. I haven't been there for a while. So if anybody from Ottawa <laughs> sees this, capital. I will be absolutely amazed. If anybody from Ottawa, sees they might this. watch <laughs> if, if if I'm pumping it. I got I got people in Ottawa. Hey. Um, Not Justin Trudeau though. No, no. <laughs> That's weird because he doesn't follow me either. Um, <laughs> I bring up. He's the never in Ottawa he's... either. He's always on vacation with our fucking tax dollars, going back to his fucking roots in Cuba. Right, he's gonna go <laughs> hang out in Cuba with his grandfather. Getting his, uh, he's down in, in Jamaica getting his fucking cornrows done. <laughs> he's got to get the he's natural being... tan so that way he can't. He doesn't have to use the boot polish anymore. He should. Um, this is a He should be in Kingston, but that's the Canadian. Uh, penitentiary we get <laughs> that's where he should be getting his cornrows done <laughs> oh man have you seen uh, the show uh, uh i think it's called mayor of kingstown uh with um jeremy renner yes yeah amazing show so that show i'm pretty sure is based on kingston ontario uh which is like a big prison town in canada it's when we do fight stories my co-host John Moses and I, John's a comedian too. He's he lives in New Jersey, but we travel all over and we go to these different cities. We do stand up in small towns, and we always are out at the bar and we're like, "Who's the toughest person in this town?" And then someone's like, "Oh," and then turns out like this dude Pierre's like been in like two thousand fights and he's a fucking animal. And when we the the 
first two so, episodes. So Letter Kenny's true. Like Letter Kenny's not lying about this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny's dialed into a little bit. It's 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 pretty um, uh, comic booky. Like it's a little bit inflated for comedy, <laughs> but but Kingston was like the city that like gave us so much gold. Like any episode we got from Kingston for fight stories, it's like we've had prison guards. Um, we've had, I mean, the King, the city's like prison guards, ex-cons. Uh, it's got like three major prisons, I think. Maybe maybe more. I know that they shut one down. The big one got shut down. But I think they made another one. And it's like, it's like cops, hockey players. It's just like everyone is tough in this fucking town. And so Hugh Dillon, are you familiar with who, who Hugh Dillon is? I don't know who, who so Hugh who, who Dillon Hugh is an actor and but he's a rock star first. So he's a Canadian uh rock band called the Headstones that are like huge in Canada. And he started in a show, he started a movie called Hardcore Logo, and he was in uh, a show called Flashpoint, but he also got in with uh is it uh Taylor Sheridan? Yeah. Is that who yeah, so Taylor Sheridan, I'm pretty sure. He did Yellowstone uh, and all those. And then he also has the Sylvester May- Stallone show. And then yeah, and Mayor of Mayor Kingstown. Frank. Yeah. So Mayor of Kingstown, Hugh Dillon's one of the producers and one of the actors in it. He plays one of the buddies, one of the um cops. He's he's one of the cops at the ball guy. And so he he's a great actor, but he it's based on his hometown of Kingston. So he know like it it has his fingerprints all over it. Very it's cool. A, it's a really cool city. Um just like the yeah if for fight stories is cool anyway right i can go there on vacation go in the summer it's cold as fuck in the winter well yeah i mean i mean i live in florida i'm not going to anywhere (laughs) near canada in the winter no dude no there's some there's some cool shit to do in the winter up here though it's it's nice i'm certain but you're a fucking florida boy buddy you can't stand your ground when it's fucking slippery (laughs) <laughs> so you want to all right so this is this is fucked up but um the the famous stand your ground guy george um zimmerman lopez no <laughs> george, george zimmerman the the guy that down here in florida uh he didn't grow up in florida neither did I. I didn't grow up in little florida gay either. guy right no no. Oh, little little gay George Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know little gay George Zimmerman. Yeah, little gay George Zimmerman. Um, but <laughs> he he he's the guy that uh, shot Trayvon, shot Trayvon Martin. I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was like, I'm assuming you know this. You don't. We don't live in the. Even though you have that's the for American, the listeners, right? For for the listeners in America who don't know who George Zimmerman is, <laughs> he and I went to the same high school. Oh no, shit! In a different state. And he was three years behind me, I think. And I knew his. One of you brother. shot for the stars, right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew his older brother, and I was like, "Man, that's got to be a real rough time for him now." Because. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's was my it... connection. George Zimmerman. I went to his high Didn't school. Didn't he get? He got in trouble for like hitting his girlfriend with a wine bottle. Yeah, I think so. I did a joke about it on one of my, uh, I had, it was like in 2015 when it happened, I think I did it on like an album, but like, of course, that pussy drinks wine. 
fucking good. So I've got a buddy. His name's Joe. Uh, He loves stand-up comedy. Uh, And he sends, like, he has been sending me stand-up comedians for years. Just watch this clip, watch this clip. And most of the time I ignore him, but because he sends me so many, I I can't keep up. Um, But so I was sitting with him and he went through your entire library with me the night that I discovered you because I was sitting next to him. Oh, shit. He was like, (laughs) and he was like, oh my God, like we have, we've got a Schultz, we've got an Andrew Schultz out there and we've got a Nate Bergazzi. And now we have somebody out there who's just like a great, like in your face comic that will just doesn't care what he said. And he was so excited about you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was so excited. He's like, cause you've got Schultz who does like the crowd work and he's like, you know, he's he's kind of more jovial and stuff. And then you got Bugatti who's just clean and he does everything clean. It's great to have somebody who's just in your face and like doesn't he does not seem like he gives a fuck. And I was like, man, I can't I I can't wait to see what else this guy does. Um, and I, I honestly I can't wait to see what else you do. I've been, I've been looking forward to your new special as soon as it's done with post-production ever since uh, we got connected initially. Um, yeah, man. I, I look forward to everything you got going on. Uh, I can't wait to see everything that you get. Uh, anytime you, you roasted, um, I'm blanking on the wrestler's name, the blonde. Woo! Oh, Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric yeah. Flair. I was going to say Randy Savage. And I was like, that's definitely not Randy Savage. <laughs> like I, I look forward to seeing your roasts. I think that you are in, immensely talented. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. The Flair roast, if people want to check it out, like it's on fight TV. It was, it was oh, no broadcast on yeah fight tv it was triller it was a pay-per-view that triller put up put on uh we, we shot down in nashville with uh the guys Starcast or yeah starcast um and, and it was it was really fun man just to be part of that i mean i'm a huge wrestling fan and and especially the old school wrestling I, you right. know i haven't really watched a lot of newer wrestling but I, like i grew up on all that shit right up through the attitude era and getting to be around that circus and and hanging out with flair and kid rock partying with flair and kid rock and like all these dudes like this is fucking amazing is the is the attitude era like early in taylor swift's career oh yeah yeah (laughs) is that what she is is that one of her her eras i have no idea i just know she has the eras oh yeah the eras tour (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. oh man i have uh, no clue i don't listen to taylor swift Oh, buddy, I, I'm taking my kid. I got the tickets. I got Man. the tickets. I through strictly through sports gambling. <laughs> like the like, cause they sold out in Toronto so fast, you couldn't get like a regular price ticket. There's, I went through the app. Um, I went through like the the ticket resale app. I think it's called StubHub or some shit. StubHub. Yeah. I'm like trying to get four tickets because I want to take my two daughters and my wife. And I get get to the end of it. I I see it's like two thousand bucks. I'm like, this is insane. But I'm like, I guess I can swing it. And then I get to the end and I realize it's two thousand dollars per ticket. Per ticket. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Eight yeah. grand? Not happen. Like eight thousand dollars. Britney Spears would fuck me for that much. <laughs> she I, today, yes, Britney Spears would. I'd ask her dad. I mean, it'd be you've got to. <laughs> I'd be good. <laughs> You still um, need his permission. Yep. Yep. But uh, yeah, I was like, this is insane. So I'm like, the only way I can justify spending any type of money on these tickets is if I do it through strictly through the spoils 
of my degenerate gambling problem. And right. so I, I, I go on my gambling app. And I see I got $300 left in the app. And this is in the summer. I'm like, okay, UFC's on. I'm pretty good with this shit. And it's Alamein Sterling fighting Sean O'Malley. And I love Sean O'Malley. I kind of have a feeling that his style is going to be a problem for he's, he's a huge underdog. And I, I'm like, okay, I, I think he might catch him. Like, cause Sterling's going to be shooting and O'Malley's deadly accurate. So I go, okay, let's throw a hundred dollars that he's going to knock out the champ. But then I got $200 left. I'm like, fuck it. it if it's happening, it's happening in round two. So I, I YOLO two hundo <laughs> on round two knockout O'Malley because he takes a while like first round he just gets his range figures out right figures you know, the angles out. Yeah. and then round two sure enough he knocked out Alamein Sterling and it's like it's insane so I won I think I won like $3,600 just off of the 300 and uh like I don't know what my wife and kids are gonna do but I'm going to see Taylor fucking Swift buddy <laughs> I got money for beer. It's going to be awesome, man. <laughs> and wear my tiara. The attitude era is coming. I'm going to do some DX crotch chops. <laughs> Imagine getting oh. kicked out of a Taylor Swift concert for doing the suck it. For doing the suck it. The... You'd be oh. gone, eh? If you're like by yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a middle-aged man by yourself at a Taylor Swift concert. They're just absolutely... Well, they, they, they think you're retarded, for sure. Right. <laughs> oh, he's just a make-a-wish. <laughs> uh, well, man, hey, I appreciate you coming on. I need to... I actually, yeah. I've actually, I've never ended an interview before, but I actually have to go back to where I was before I was all good, in brother. the tab. Um, no, all good. Thank you so much for having that, me on. I, dude, I appreciate you reaching out. And uh, this is a lot of fun, man. Anytime. No, this is beautiful. And, you know, keep me informed on when, uh, on whenever your new special is coming out. I'll let everybody in my audience oh, totally. know. And um, should be, should be soon. I'm, I'm really hoping it can be this month. We're, we're right at the finish line. Oh, that would um, be Christmas present for everybody right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it'll be fun. And then, yeah. and you know what? I have a lot of new stuff that's already ready to go. So if people coming out after that comes out, people will be able to see me live and uh, it'll all be fresh. And I'm probably ready to shoot a new one now too, because this one's taking a while to, to get out. And if you're ever down, if you're ever down here doing shows down here in Florida, your brother lives somewhere in Florida, which is a big fucking state. But if you're ever down here doing, where are shows, you, where are you in Florida? St. Pete. St. Pete. Oh, cool. Yeah, my brother's up in uh, Tampa area, so he's right. Okay, so Tampa. he's he's right next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's out out there. So uh, yeah, man. No, it'd be great to to get down and do some shows. I gotta work on some uh, some visa stuff so I can come down there and, and okay. do some more because it'd be yeah, that's right. yeah. I'm starting to to get a lot of Americans reaching out from them seeing me on on Instagram and that. on the gram. The gr the gram's been pushing you. The gram's been doing good. <laughs> TikTok flags me on everything. Fuck China. Shocker. These fucking... They're just so narrow-minded. I'm so glad you said minded. Um... Minded. <laughs> uh, they but... just don't like my slant that I put on things. <laughs> Uh, 
fucking chinks. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. It doesn't matter. I mean, that was funny. I don't give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> that's what Tony. I love, that's what Tony Hinchcliffe got in trouble for. I love the Orient. <laughs> I love them. They're good people. It's the exact thing Tony Hinchcliffe got in trouble for. Oh, like, yeah, I don't know. What um, the fuck? It. <laughs> that's funny. Um, How do they yeah, know that, what he was saying? So they speak Chinese. So the the comic the the comic that came on. I, I know the story. The comic that came on before him was was an Asian guy here in yeah. America. I, I don't like. It wasn't that fan, but it was somebody that fan like, and um, and for anybody who has no idea about stand up comedians, they're like, no, I, re I remember, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but oh, so you know the story? We kind of got set up like it was they were oh, he massively, to, yeah, yeah, he, they're he, trying, they're planning to to take Tony out, which is bullshit, yeah. and, and Tony can come across as like, you know, he's got an ego, but Tony's actually a really sweet dude. And uh, he's super cool to me. I, I love Tony Hinchcliffe, man. He's done a lot for for young comics. You know, actions speak louder than words. I think yeah. in, in that guy's what, case, he's, what he, has he done a lot and Rogan and um and uh, the other guy whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, what they've been doing down in Austin for young comics is amazing. Yeah, it's totally, man. Yeah, I I respect the hell out of it, and hopefully we get some great great new stand-ups coming up from the next generation. I think so, man. It's it's a new scene that's really um, emerged, and and they've created, uh, you know, a a culture around that city for comedy, and it, it's it's perfect. It's great. Yeah. To, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go down there and check it out soon. Dope. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Do you have anything you want to pitch to the people? Um, yeah, just and yeah. Follow me on uh, social media, Tyler Morrison one two three on Instagram. I got a YouTube channel, so please subscribe there and uh, leave me a comment. Sh just share it with your friends, but. My whole special too soon is available uh, right now. Um, you can stream that for free. And, uh, you know, I also have uh, a special from 2019 that I'm going to be rolling out next week that has never been. It's, a, it's not a full special. It's like a 16 minute um, killer club set that I w really would love people to check out. Um, just a little little. Um, thing that i've never put it out in full so it's uh it's going to be available for people to check out called uh burn Beautiful. the village and uh yeah i think i think you'll enjoy enjoy it too so I man. Yeah, that I stuff's on youtube and i have a patreon so anyone that that uh wants you know to see if you check me out first and if you like it i have all my stand-up specials are on the patreon patreon.com slash tyler morrison i have a bunch of like bonus roast footage uncensored uh clip stuff that like is getting me flagged on these regular platforms that they just tighten it up i mean there's just shit the, this you know <clears throat> no one's listening to this fucking podcast this deep so oh. we're fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's gonna be like four people who do and they'll like they won't comment they will message me directly to be like i was listening <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's okay we're just fucking around here right but it's uh but yeah i have all the patreons the the place for you know, I put my, you know, all my worst shit on there. Because <laughs> it's all fucking savages in there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, everybody follow him on all the socials. Follow him on, uh, give him money on Patreon. And uh, make sure you check out Too Soon. It's fantastic. And he up you upload a lot on Instagram. Like, you're a couple a day. 
Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of I I have like five specials, so it's like oh, like I've been doing this a while, man. I, right. <laughs> yeah, not um, all of them are good, but. <laughs> So everybody go check go check him out and uh everybody go check him out and uh yeah that's uh you should do that today. Um right on well yeah no man I so thank you all for tuning in. That was my interview with Tyler. I hope everybody out there enjoyed that interview as much as I did uh conducting the interview. Uh next week we have a uh we've got another guest coming on. Um, I've got another guest coming on. He is a mainstay in the Liberty movement. Um, everybody be, be ready because Jack Lloyd is going to make his first ever appearance on Muddied Waters of Freedom. And, uh, I, for one, cannot be more excited. Uh, so have a great week. Have a great week. Um, be safe, you know, all the normal stuff and tune in next week for a brand new episode with Jack Lloyd. Um, and remember, until then, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>